So we are in the third week, final week of our generosity series. And I want you to hear my heart that I am more interested in growing your faith than I am with what you give. But I don't think you can separate the two. Because I believe that faith and finances are directly connected. It's not like just like it's just like it's not like just a fringe part of the Christian life. I believe that finances are a hub in the Christian life. And I'll tell you why I say that. Because God says where your treasure is, that will your heart be also. I also know this, that that Jesus himself spoke more times about money than he did about heaven or hell combined. And we like to talk about those things. Okay, two thousand times in scripture. Money or possessions is mentioned. So I don't want to be scared of it. We need to talk about, thank you, Grant. I think we need to talk about this because if it is so critical to your faith journey, then we need to put it out there. And if we're not leading the way in this world in the area of giving, then Christians are lacking in what we ought to be doing. Christians ought to be the most generous But often case, it's just not that way. But as Christ has made a difference in your life and has blessed you with so much, okay, so here's what we learn, that that you can have a scarcity mindset. And the scarcity mindset is, all right, God supplies, right? He gives me my job. He gives me my health. He gives me everything that I have. A scarcity mindset takes that and then consumes it all. And then you begin to lack, and then you begin to fear. And so now you have to be tighter on your spending, and now you need to collect more and save more because you have this fearful scarcity mindset. That's not how we were created to live. A generosity mindset starts off the same way. God supplies. He gives you your job, your health, everything you have. So God supplies, but then you've learned a principle. With a generosity mindset, I'm going to give Because I'm just the manager here. It's all God's anyway. I'm just managing what he's given to me. So I'm managing this wisely, and so I believe God wants me to give. So then I give, and what happens when I give? Then God multiplies what I give. And God is able to do more through what I give than he ever could have done by me keeping it all. And I believe this, that that there is so much scripture to support living a generous lifestyle. Now, we're going to hit this in just a minute, but that may mean that you have to change your lifestyle. Yeah, right? So, wait a minute. I did not expect to have to come to church and change my behavior, okay? But it's all part of it. This is part of our faith journey. So, as we wind this thing down, let me give you a couple things here that I think will, will kind of help wrap it up. Let me, let me tell you what generosity does for us. First of all, I believe this, that generosity teaches us, generous giving teaches us to put God first. And now let me, let me just kind of run this by you, right? So if God gets the dregs, if God gets what's left over, if God gets what I did need for lunch today anyway, where is he ranking in our list of priorities? Are we willing to even have this conversation? Are we willing to even ask the question? 
So I, I believe this. I believe that giving God the first, right? I believe in God that when we give generously to the work of God and, and as God leads, I believe it shuffles where our priorities are and it puts God first. Now, there's a beautiful passage. So, so I'm going to set the stage for Deuteronomy chapter 14. So, so in Deuteronomy chapter 14, I want, to, I want to kind of tell you where God is with the people of Israel here. So they have been, they've been called out of slavery. They've been slaves for 400 years. And so he is, as, as they're going through uh, the wilderness, they're being taught by God what it's going to look like to have a society. I mean, if, you, if you're in your daily Bible reading thing right now, you're probably in the book of Leviticus with me. And in the book of Leviticus, they're talking about what to do with this sore. And if the hair turns white, you're unclean. You know, it's just all this really nasty stuff, right? Talking about all of this, you know, basic sanitation kind of a thing. And the reason God was doing that, the reason it's in the Bible was to show how important it was to God that they have these guidelines for their society. So Deuteronomy is, is continuing with this thought, and so he's given them these instructions about what to do with what you have. And so he says this in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22 and verse 23. He says, you shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. Now, let me just be honest with you. I, I know that we're not living in Deuteronomy. Now, I think if you would tithe, that would be great. I think that you should at least tithe. I think that's a good starting place. All right? So let's, let's not even have that conversation as to whether or not the tithe is for us today or not. But I think the tithe is a good starting place. I think Jesus always increased the standard. All right? That's what we discussed last week. So here we have the tithe mentioned, but just, you know, put whatever you want in there. So I'm sure that most of you give more than that anyway. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide, the tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and of your flocks, that ye may learn to fear the Lord your God always. Now, here's the connection. So, so regardless of what you think about all of that, do you see that last phrase? The reason he is saying that I want you to tithe all of these things to the Lord is so that you will learn to fear the Lord your God always. It puts God first. You say, well, uh, you don't understand, Eric. I'm going to have to rearrange the way that I live if I do that. I know that. I know that. I'm with you there. I've rearranged the way that I live. You're not alone on this journey. You say, Eric, you don't understand. Um, I, I may have to give up some things, some pleasures that I have. Oh, you mean God might be more important than cable? That sucked the fun right out of the room, didn't it? <laughs> yes, God just might have to be more important than cable. So you, you put God first. You give, God, you give to God first. And then everything falls into place. As we learned last week, I would rather live on 90% with God and with God's help than on 100% without it. So I'm going to put God first in my giving. Well, Eric, that would really stretch my faith. Oh, well, we wouldn't want to do that, would we? Yes, it's going to stretch your faith. That's why it's called faith. And you know what goes along with faith? Doubt. And if you don't have doubt, then it's not faith. Because it's that, it's, it's that ability to trust the Lord even when you doubt that brings the faith. The next thing it does here is it builds our faith. That's where we're going with this. We've seen how, how this area of faith and finances is such a huge part of Scripture. 
You cannot separate faith and finances. I love Jesus, Eric. He just can't have my checkbook. How's that work in your relationship with your spouse? Right? So it's like you, you just can't, you can't tell me that. You can't convince me that you love Jesus, but you just don't love him enough to give anything. Because finances and faith go hand in hand. God wants to grow our faith. So giving generously teaches us to put God first. It builds our faith, and it also provides for the work of God's church. Now, this is, you know, this is where I live, right? So, so I see the numbers. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a numbers guy. That's Rob's job. I just know that like, like a couple times a year, he sends me a report, and we're doing really good. And I am grateful to be able to come to you in our ministry updates and show you, here's what you gave last year, here's what we're projecting this year, here's our budget, here's how much we gave to missions, it was at 80 grand, something like that. We were able to give away this last year and just do some pretty incredible things. And you're a, complete, you're, you're, you're a ridiculously generous group of people. And I am, I'm grateful for that. But let me just be honest with you, there are so many more things we'd like to do. And giving provides for the work of God's church. Now, I know what you think, right? And that's, that's a wrong statement. I know what some people think. And that is like, you know, you give in the offering, and then the next thing you know, Eric's going to be driving a, a Cadillac or driving a, you know, flying a $68 million jet. No, I, I, I couldn't afford that much money for a jet. <laughs> so, so... All of the payroll, taxes, staff, and everything around here is only 39%. That's a slim, trim budget, all right? That, the money that you give, but, but let me just tell you this, and this is, what, this is what I had to wrap my brain around as a pastor because I just don't ever want to be seen as that pastor who just is trying to get money for the church and all that kind of stuff. We truly believe this, that when you give, that is a responsibility that we take on to use that the way God wants us to use it. And we are hoping that you get a lot of benefit just for being here. And that your faith grows because you're part of this church. And let me tell you, I think if that's all you got, it would be worth what you give. If your faith just grew. But what we want to do is take what you give and multiply it and use it for the work of the the ministry. And use it for the work of the gospel and the cause of Jesus Christ on a worldwide scale. That's what excites us. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. We used this verse last year, about, uh, last week, about proving God. But I want you to notice what it actually says here right at the front. I mean, he doesn't even hide it. He says this. He says, bring your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. I mean, God's not saying, give me your money so I can give it away to everybody else. God's saying, give me your money so I can have it right here. So there is something about giving to the work of God through the church of God that is significant here. We do so, so much. We have missionaries in China, in Brazil, in Nigeria, in Mexico, in Warren County. We support ministries locally and abroad significantly, and I'm honored to be able to partner with you there. But we only do ministry because you give. And we only are able to do this because you do give. So here's three ways to give. And this is, this is the whole message right here. Three ways to give. And this is where I want to change your mindset. 
a lot of people do this first way, and that is they give spontaneously. All right, Eric preaches a message, or there's a big need, or they see a homeless guy, or they want to pay it forward in the drive-thru. How come that never works for me, by the way? <laughs> Seriously, like, like I, I really enjoy doing this. Like, I'm, Melissa and I, when we're going out to eat, I would say at least half the time when we go out to eat, we buy somebody else's meal for them. So that's why she never gets to eat anything. <laughs> but like, well, and she's a real sucker for like older people. That's why she likes me. Um, but like, but we'll be somewhere and we'll see like an old couple sitting over there eating. I just tell the waitress, you know, just bring us their check, whatever. We do that all the time. And the other day, but, but it doesn't. So I will say this, that there have been several times recently when we've had our bill paid for. And I, that makes me feel really weird, but it's really cool. But how come the whole pay it forward thing never seems to work out well for me? So like I was, um, Oh, it was a couple months ago now. I was in the McDonald's drive-thru, and I recognized the person behind me. And they were all by themselves. <laughs> I'm feeling real generous right now. Because <laughs> there's only one person in the car. I think she just made the run. It's like, I get up to the window, I'm like, I want to pay for hers. She goes, wow, okay. And it was like $34. <laughs> I was like, doggone it, right? And we do. We give spontaneously like that. And I don't want to discourage you from giving that way. You know, you hear of a need in this church. So, so a couple, oh, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago, the halls were on deputation. They'd come back to the States on furlough. And there are missionaries um, out of New Hope here in town that, that are in Brazil. And they came here. They're presenting us the need that they needed to, to get their house finished. And let me tell you, this church, without any warning at all, gave $15,000. Like, that wasn't like, you know, we saw what we had in our budget. And we took an offering, and you people gave $15,000 to help them with their house. And that may not be the biggest they've ever been given, but I was just so honored to be your pastor and to be able to do that with you for them. You are a generous church, and we give spontaneously like that. That's one way to give. Or maybe you, there's an earthquake or a tornado or a hurricane, and so you want to make a difference, and so you donate and you give, and you, and you find out the best way to do that. It's a great way to give. It's a great way to give. Okay, so, so the example in Scripture would be the Good Samaritan, right, in the book of Luke. And so you got this guy is walking down the street. He gets robbed. He gets left for dead. He gets beaten up. And a couple of people go by him, and they don't do anything about it. And then in Luke chapter 10, the Samaritan goes by, and you're probably familiar with the story. And it says this, but a certain Samaritan as he journeyed came where he was and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound his wounds and poured oil on him and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. That was spontaneous giving. I see a need, I'm gonna take care of it right now. In the verse 35, it says this, and on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said to him, take care of him and whatever you spend more, when I come again, I will repay you. So he heard of a need, he saw the need, he met the need. That is spontaneous giving. And it's a great way to give, but it is only one way to give. It's emotionally based, but it's only one way to give. So let me have you consider a second way to give, and that is to give strategically. Strategically. You say, Eric, I wish I could give more. I wish I could be a bigger blessing. You could. If you'll plan for it, 
Let me just make this unequivocal statement. Everybody has a giving plan. Most people just don't have a good one. Your giving plan may be, if I have it, I'll give it. If I don't, I won't. Or after everything's done, then I'll give. That, that's, that is a giving plan. It's just not a very good one. Most people give when they can, why they, what they can, if they feel like it. It's just not a good plan. I love this verse in Isaiah 32. And I would encourage you to read the rest of the chapter just so you know that I'm not taking it out of context. But look what it says to the character of this man in verse 8 in Isaiah 32. But a generous man, now your Bible might say liberal, a liberal man. Your Bible might say noble. It's all the same Greek word or uh, Hebrew word. It's all the same. But it has this idea that this is the characteristic of who this man is. But a generous man devises generous things. So, So what does that mean? It means you are what you do. Right? Now, you may give, but it doesn't mean you're generous. But a generous man plans to be a generous man. And by generosity, he shall stand. So here's, here's the principle then. Generous people plan to do what is generous. We have a plan to make that happen. It's not wishful thinking. We plan to make that happen. About a year ago, Rob told me about his little, you know, his benevolence account that he keeps in his wallet. He keeps a bill in his wallet. So if you need anything, go see Rob. Rob, raise your hand. Right here. So he keeps money in his wallet, hidden. And so do I. And it's a large bill. And I, so that when I give it, it's, 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 a, it's a big give. It's, it's meant to be a big help. And when I feel God impressing me to give something, I'll, and it's really easy to give it. It's really hard to take money and put it back in there. I learned that after the first. It sounded good, Rob, when you first told me about it. And then like I gave it away the first time, and it was like, oh, now I have to put another one back in there. All right? But that is a giving plan. Now, that's not all we give, but it's kind of nice to have. That's that kind of thing that I'm talking about. Most people only make plans to consume, right? I'm going to buy my car on payments. I'm going to save up to go on vacation. I want this new gadget, so I'm going to save up to buy it. I'm going to pay, I'm going to get it now and pay for it later. We have a plan to consume, but we don't have a plan to be generous. And let me tell you what the key is, and I alluded to this earlier. In order to be able to have a financial plan, I think that you should give to God first. That's, that's the top. That's the first that comes off of your schedule to give, your, 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 your budget. Because here's why. It takes faith to give first. It just doesn't seem to take as much faith to give God what you have left. It takes faith to give first. We are spiritual contributors, not spiritual consumers. We can give more when we have a strategy to do that. Listen, you're smart people. You know what I'm talking about. And when it comes right down to it, the tension that we feel in this room right now is because we want stuff. And I sense the tension in the room right now. 
And the tension that we feel is because we want stuff. We don't want to change our behavior. We don't want to change what we're doing because we feel like we really need more of this stuff. But I'm telling you, a generous person has a plan to be generous. And Craig Rochelle, I read this about two years ago and I brought it to you then, but he said this. He said, I will give God my first and my best so he can bless the rest. That is an incredible motto to live by in the area of generosity. I'm going to give God my first and I'm going to give God my best and then I'm going to wait for him to bless the rest. And let me just tell you this again. Even if he doesn't bless the rest, he's blessed you enough for you to give first. You don't pay rent for anything. You don't, you don't, you don't have to, you don't ask, to, you have to ask him before you take a breath, right? Now, man likes to charge you for a lot of stuff. But God has given us so much that we don't deserve. And so even if I give and he doesn't bless what I give, it was still right to give because he's a good God and he's been incredibly good to me. Generous people plan to do what's generous. Let me give you the final way to give. So we can give, we can give um, spontaneously, we can give strategically, and we can also give sacrificially. And let me just ask this question just to get it out of my system. When was the last time you gave and it really hurt? Like it, it, it sucked the wind out of you. Like this, this is tough. And you gave sacrificially. Jesus was with his disciples at the temple. And there's this beautiful story in Mark chapter 12 that you're probably familiar with. So he is watching people as they give, right? And they have little money boxes. And all these people are going by just dropping big big coins in, lots of change and lots of money. And so it says here in verse 41 of Mark chapter 12, it says, and Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. Aren't you glad we don't do that? Like go up and down the aisles and, oh, we do do that. Never mind. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites which make a farthing. And I don't know what that means in in today's lingo, but I tried to look it up, and it said that each mite was worth about a quarter of a penny. Right? So we're looking at about a half a cent here. And here's what Jesus does. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, this poor widow has cast more in than all they that have cast into the treasury. I mean, think about this. So, so Jesus stops everything, and Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. This was significant right here. Now, he's watching these people just, like, do their normal stuff, dump money in, and he sees this lady drop in just a little itty tiny bit of money, like just a, a half a cent, and Jesus stops the presses. He says, wait a minute, wait a minute, guys. I got to show you this right here. And so Jesus, comes, Jesus brings his disciples over, and here's what he says. He said, um, this poor widow has cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury, for all they did cast in of their, what? Abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And let me tell you what that word living is in the Greek. It's the word bio or bo, where, not bo, but like, that's how it's pronounced, okay? 
I'm not Greek. It's spelled B-I-O, all right? So that's where we get the name for life, biology. So she has given everything that would have sustained her life, she put in the treasury, and that's why Jesus noticed it. But here's what blew me away, right? Jesus knew how significant this gift was, and he didn't stop her. Wait a minute, Jesus. If you knew that was all she had, why didn't you stop her? God, you just don't know how tough it is for me to give. I'm going to have to cut my cable. I'm going to have to skip the drive-thru every once in a while. It's tough to give. I know. She gave the very last, like all that she had, and Jesus didn't stop her. That's a significant observation. When was the last time you gave and it just it sucked the air out of you? Man, this is tough. See, we, we don't like insecurity. Listen, I get it. I'm like, I'm like in my upper 40s. <laughs> like 50-something. And it's like, I like my sense of security. I don't like to venture out into the unknown. I like to live in my comfort zone. When was the last time we stepped out and gave sacrificially, like this hurt a little bit. Eric, how can I do that? Let me tell you, let me tell you a couple conditions that might, might help with that. And I'm not, and, and, and again, I understand that there is a fine line between foolishness and faith. I don't know where that line is. I'm going to be honest with you. Because some, I've done some pretty foolish things in the name of faith. And sometimes they worked out great. And I had a great story. And sometimes it was just sucky. Like, it just, it just was horrible. Like, I thought it was a great idea at the time. So I don't know where that line is. I, to me, it's blurry. So I don't even know for you where that is. Like, like where is faith and where is foolishness? It's, what's, what's amazing to me is I think it's pretty much all the same thing. And I think if it originates from him, then I feel very confident this is what he wants me to do. So that's why I think you just need to figure that out because, because God may, like you may feel like you want to go do something. I would just give it time and make sure it is from God before you run off and do it because you want to make sure that he's going with you, right? And so I think that, I think that this line between foolishness and faith is, is pretty blurry. I think, you know, I'd love to have a conversation with you about it. I, I need to know God is telling me to do this. And for me, waiting it out is a great idea. Like giving myself a few days, asking people, what do you think, right? But you can give sacrificially on a couple conditions, I think. First of all, when you trust the one who provides everything anyway. When you trust him. God, I really feel this is what you want us to do. And I'm not, I don't, I don't want to tell you, like, I just don't, I don't know any stories to tell of you. So let me just tell you our story, right? So, so there have been several times in our life when, like, we did not have the money, but we felt God wanted us to give the money. That's a tough place to be. And so like we had to trust God with money that we didn't even have. And like I said, one time it was fantastic. Worked out great. Money came in, we gave it. The next time it didn't work out so great. I had to deliver pizzas for six weeks just to make the money to give away. 
And, and so, so I don't know where that line is for you, but, but when you have the faith that God will take care of it, and it was for sure exactly what, you, what God wanted you to do, then you can trust the one who provides. Another condition where you can give sacrificially is when the need is greater than your own. And again, that's Brent. I mean, I, his need compared to my need, I'm on easy street. And when his need is greater than my own, it kind of gives me permission to give sacrificially. And then when you live focused on eternity, it helps you give sacrificially. Because you know what? You're, you're, you've only got so long to live. And we are investing in eternity right now. And I love what Randy Alcorn said in his book, The Treasure Principle. You can't take it with you, but you can send it on ahead. And we're investing in eternity. And when you know that you have a God who keeps an account of everything and you know a God who's going to bless what you do and you have that focused on eternity, that's a good idea. So, so Eric, should I give spontaneously? Yes, you should. Eric, should I, should I give strategically? Yes, you should. Should I give sacrificially? Yes, you should. It's all good. We need to give in all three ways. This is what we do, right? This is, this is what we as believers are supposed to do. And I'll tell you what we're not going to do as a church. We're not going to like guilt you into it. We're not going to pass the plate multiple times waiting for you to dump more in. That's not how we do things. We don't make a lot of emotional pleas here. I don't really remember the last time we took up a quote-unquote special offering. We try to budget for that. But now, you know, I know we got Walt and Karen Troop coming a little bit later this year. We're probably going to take up an offering for them because I want to bless them well. But we don't have to do that a lot because you, you give. That's, that's kind of who we are. My prayer for you in this series was that your faith would grow and that God would show himself to you. And I would encourage you to take the next 90 days and just allow God to be put to the test in your life in this area of finances. God said to prove me now here with, in the area of finances specifically, and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven. And I would encourage you to do a 90-day challenge and say, I'm going to give strategically for 90 days to the work of God and watch God work. I'm going to give him my first and my best so he can bless the rest. And let me leave you with this. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. That's my prayer for you. That God would show himself great to you and grow your faith because you're taking that step of faith. Let's pray. God, I do ask for your guidance and your help in this area of our lives. I can't, I can't get over the fact that it is one of the most important areas of faith in our lives. And I pray that all of our preconceived notions would go away, that we would just listen to your Holy Spirit and what it is you have for us so that we can become who you want us to be and that we can be blessed, but that we can bless others in the area of generosity. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.